Noted magic enthusiast Ben Smolin passed away last week in the comfort of his own home. He died like a king, the king of rock and roll to be precise. He died on the toilet, covered in half-eaten peach rings. He passed peacefully, surrounded by a half-dozen dog-eared copies of the November 2003 edition of Maxim Magazine, featuring an article called The Tao of Jessica Alba. Though best known for his role in Agnes Irwin's 2006 production of Daisy Pulls It Off, a role so memorable we don't need to mention his character's name because everyone remembers it, Mr. Smolin went on to have a successful career as a Hollywood big shot, working on such films as Star Wars The Force Awakens, X-Men The Apocalypse Awakens, The BFG The Big Friendly Giant Awakens, Ghostbusters, Dan Aykroyd Awakens, and Monsters University. With the support of such composers as John Williams, Danny Elfman, Alan Silvestri, and Randy Newman, Ben Smolin's flute sounds have been enjoyed by audiences the world over via the magic of motion picture sound capture technology and a massive distribution network cultivated over a few generations. He held the Valerie and Hans Imhoff principal flute chair for the Pacific Symphony Orchestra since 2011 and would often guest chair for the Los Angeles Philharmonic. He performed with a handmade, custom-crafted Haynes 14-karat gold flute. When not blowing a rock hard, as flautists call their flutey-doos, he could often be found losing to Dan Wolk in Fall Guys, or losing to his cousin Billy in Magic the Gathering or losing to his longtime acquaintance Harry Slack in Go, or blaming his loss on his teammates after losing a game of Decrypto with anyone. He wore size nine shoes. An avid bird lover, Mr. Smolin would often boast to have seen more than one dozen birds. Those who knew him knew his favorite bird was a bird called Flappy, a one-eyed pigeon Ben kept in his sock drawer since the age of four. He never forgot to feed Flappy his nightly mix of mealworms and breadcrumbs, even though the bird had been dead since 1996. He wore size nine and a half shoes. As a human being, Ben Smolin's body contained an occipital bone, a temporal bone, a parietal bone, a sphenoid, an ethmoid, a frontal bone, the vomer an inferior nasal conchi, a regular nasal bone, the maximals, a mandible, the palatines, two zygomatic bones, a lacrimal bones, and all seven cervical vertebrae. He had other bones as well, but these bones were the ones listed here. Mr. Smolin leaves behind a wife and one Sid. As of this writing, his wife has moved on. His Sid remains inconsolable. He wore size nine shoes. A public viewing will be held at the John Steinbeck Theater on March 11th. The casket will be open in the middle and Ben's corpse will be pantsless to give friends and strangers the chance to see what Ben's scrotum looked like and, if applicable, compare it to their own. In lieu of flowers, please salt the earth and drink a lethal dose of arsenic as Ben's deepest wish was for the world to end when he died. From his days as a baby, Henry Richmond Slack VI had a problematic relationship with water. He came into this world the way most children do, by accident. But when the doctor first brought him into contact with water, his skin fizzled and blistered. It was then that his family realized life wouldn't be easy for young Harry. 
Harry persevered through the monotony of a routine childhood, attending the Haverford School for Boys, where his father taught English. In sixth grade, however, Harry's life changed when he made a new friend. That's right, you probably guessed it. Crew member of the day, digital artist Ben Dick. Harry struggled to make other friends, however, due to the unique obstacles he had to overcome. Even a slight drizzle would force him to wear a full hazmat suit in order to protect his fragile, aquaphobic skin. He couldn't bathe, and an overwhelming odor developed. He acquired a smell that could only be described as scallop-esque. He was the victim of taunting and teasing. After all, our bodies are 60% water. The Earth, 71%. Harry didn't belong. He also ran cross-country. Harry attended Kenyan and Eastern colleges before graduating from Temple University with a degree in some stupid bullshit. And for the decade following college, you know, not much. Traveling all over the world, dining in fascinating and exhilarating new restaurants, learning languages and instruments, making deep and profound relationships, finding love, pushing life to the limit. These are all the things Harry didn't do. Eventually, after flirtations with theater and fashion, in his mid-thirties, Harry decided to further his education and became a hospice nurse. He quit after a week, though, when he realized he both hated people and was terrified of death. For the next ten years, Harry mostly just had diarrhea. On his 45th birthday, Harry decided he had had enough. His parents' attic was no longer the home he desired, and there hadn't been any good anime in, like, two years. Questions filled his head. Why? Why must I be so different from everyone else? He didn't know what he was going to do, but he knew he had to do something. He got on his Vespa and rode to the Jersey Shore. He felt the sand on his feet and the sun in his face. He looked out over the Atlantic, dark, shimmering, an ocean that never wanted him. Was it all just a mistake, he whispered to himself? Was I even here? As he strode towards the water, wondering what it might feel like to be wet, he looked down and saw a hermit crab scuttling out of a shell it recently outgrew. Me too, little buddy, he said. Me too. When his foot first hit the water, the pain was severe and instantaneous, an electric storm that ripped through his body at absolute zero. But he had come this far and he wasn't going to stop now. As he traveled deeper into the sea and the waterline reached his chest, he began to convulse and steam, his flesh dripping off his body in a blistered, pockmarked mess. But his last conscious thought wasn't of pain. No, it was of pleasure. His nervous system had grown so overwhelmed and the stimuli were so new and comprehensive that he could not maintain. And his last act before dying was a simultaneous pooping of his pants and orgasm. Harry is survived by his parents, Daniel and Cynthia, his siblings, Rosamund and Samuel, and literally billions of people who never knew he existed. And if he were around today and not still a steaming, fried, coming mess in the ocean, I'm sure he would love you with all his heart. Goodbye.